this is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of esports with my co-host Kyle Airy, and we're breaking down what's happening in the esports industry. We're talking with great guests, influencers, and most importantly, we want to talk to you. So welcome to All In with Esports. All right. Hey, everybody. We're back with another episode of All In with Esports. Excited about this one. Kyle, how are you? Ready for another one? Lewis, you know, man, I'm pumped. All right. We stay pumped at MAP Esports Network. There's so much going on, but we love doing these episodes because we want to introduce you to people that maybe you've never met, maybe you've never heard of them, or you maybe you've heard of them, but you don't really know much about them and what the connection to esports is. But I think you're going to love this one. I'm proud once again to be able to make contact with somebody I have tremendous respect for and has accomplished so much on the world stage, but is also an incredible person. And she's got a great person sitting next to her. So I'm talking about this journey to Olympic gold and a love for Madden. Those are going to be our two topics for today. So would you please welcome Michelle Carter, the shot put diva, and her husband, Courtney Elder. Good morning, guys. What's happening? How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thank Absolutely. You. So glad to have you. Michelle, I got to get right to you on this because you're called the shot put diva for a reason, and we'll find out why later. But you have been one of the America's best and the world's best at the shot put not only in high school, but in college at the University of Texas, and then on to the world stage, the global stage at the Olympic Games. And you did something amazing at the Rio Games in 2016, all the way down to your last throw in your third Olympics. And you had a throw that was able to keep you in the top spot for gold. Can you just take us back to that moment, going to the ring and having to make that big throw, doing it, and then later being draped in the flag? Yes. And it was crazy because 2016 was a crazy year for me in general. Like I wasn't even sure if I was even going to make it to the Olympic Games, mm. but we made it. I remember going into the ring for my last throw and just thinking like, come on, Michelle, like this is it. This is your last <laughs> throw. You have no more throws after this. So after this one, you have to get it right. And when I was talking about getting it right, there was a little like a little timing issue I was having in my technique. I needed to be more patient with my upper body to give my legs a little bit more time to work. And I'm like, come on, if you do this, like you got it. <laughs> and so I remember going in the ring and then just throwing and I felt it. What I had been missing the first five throws, I felt it in that last throw. And I remember walking away like, yes, like I, I did what I was coming here to do. Like I wanted to keep improving and keep getting better. And keep in mind, at the time, I didn't know how far I threw because I know that Valerie has thrown further than me in her career. Right. So I knew that if I threw a PR, she probably, you know, depending on where the PR was, she still could throw further than me. But you just never know on that day is whoever's ready on that day. So yeah. after I threw, we were sitting around probably only for a few seconds. But then it felt like forever <laughs> for my distance to come up. <laughs> and then when they finally put up my distance in meters was 20 meters 0.63. And it had a number one next to my name. And I was like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, really? But yeah. because I didn't have the last throw, I had to like compose myself. <laughs> I had to just kind of relax and chill and like not give her any energy for her next throw, because if you were in first place going into the finals, you get the last throw of the whole competition. And so she gets ready to throw, and I can tell it wasn't one of her best throws. But you have to wait to see. And so then when her name comes up, and there was number two next to her name, that's what I knew for sure that I had won the Olympic Games. 
That was incredible. Courtney, you're shaking your head, man. What was it like? Because I know you were there. You were in the stands. What was it like to watch Michelle accomplish that in that moment? Actually, I wasn't able to make it to the games. Oh, you weren't um, there? No, I was actually, I was traveling for work. So I had okay. just I had just landed home late at night, you know, and it was airing late here in Texas. So I rushed home from the airport and I just made it in for the last two throws. So to see that moment with her holding up the flag and celebrating, I yeah. mean, it was, it was, it was a surreal moment. So my parents yeah. were with me. We were all excited. I mean, we stayed up the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. Dallas see, exploded. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Lewis, we weren't dating when I threw in 2016. No. We were just friends. We were just friends then. You were still just friends then. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> but I the see. support was still there. But see, I was like, going to say, how did yeah. you get away with not being in there and you're still hearing about it, but I understand now. <laughs> Michelle, this moment right here where we were talking in the mix zone, you came up in the mix zone, you had the flag around you and you had, you were just beaming with pride and joy just to be able to get there after your third Olympics, you know, you had done so well throughout the world, but that's the, that's the money moment. What was it like to actually stand there and be able to have an interview and, and be Olympic champion? You know, I think the thing that that amazed me the most is that you get to see the same faces you see time in and time out and everybody is happy for you. Yeah. Because yeah. I know I saw you and I've been knowing you for a very long time. And then I went up a little bit more and at the, actually the top, I saw Sonia and Trey, yeah. Sonia Richards Ross and Trey Hardy, which were all a UT alum, hook them horn. <laughs> and we like, like had a whole moment where we was jumping around in a circle, just screaming because they were really happy for me. And yeah. those were the moments that I remembered the most is that I wasn't on this journey alone, that there was a lot of people walking this with me and going through this with me. They were cheering me on for years. And then here we are in this moment, we all get to celebrate. Kyle, if there's something that you're missing in your sporting life experience, we got to get you to the Olympic Games, man. We got to get you so that yes. you can see this stuff that we're talking about. <laughs> How, what would you think about that? I mean, I'm a... <laughs> diehard sports fan and yeah, the Olympics or especially the summer ones. Yeah. yeah. And that'd be amazing. <laughs> and you, and you know what, as we get further our discussion here, we start talking more about esports and Courtney's connection yeah. to Madden and what have you. I think at some point that esports is going to be a vital part of the Olympic games, maybe not as an event, but as we've talked before in previous podcasts, that maybe it's going to be some sort of a parallel entertainment or connection to the games where people can play Olympic esports games while the games are going on. So maybe that's the connection to get you there. And then, guys, we got to get Kyle to the track and let him yes. get there and see all that stuff. And you'll be changed forever. I promise you. I Listen promise to the Super Bowl, don't have anything on the Olympic Games. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, so when Kyle and I talk about esports and gaming, he knows about all the different technologies, especially the implements that you use to play the games. Courtney, you know that. Michelle, describe the implement that you use, the shot, that actual physical ball that you train to be able to throw the farthest in the world. Yeah. And Actually, is there one? I think I still might have one that was in here. Oh, really? <laughs> Look, I, have, I have shot puts like in every room for whatever reason. There's always oh, really? a shot put around. <laughs> Look, Let's see. Right there here. it is. Yes. So what I throw is a big metal ball and it weighs 8.8 .8 pounds, which is four kilos. And mm -hmm. so I actually started throwing this way once I'm in high school. And for the women, we don't change. But the men, for they go from in high school, a 12 pound to college and professional, a 16 pound. Right, right. Yeah. Much heavier. And I've, I've held those before. They are super heavy. And it's amazing to see somebody throw that 74, 75 feet. And I don't 
quite remember how far you're throwing it, but it's far. Uh, it is really <laughs> far. You have been fortunate enough to have kept a close connection with family and that your dad has been your coach throughout your career. People probably don't know that your father, Michael Carter, was did something that no other athlete's ever done. He yeah. won an Olympic medal at the 84 yeah. Olympics and a Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers in the same year. No yeah. athlete in America has ever done that. <laughs> So what was the inspiration like to watch your father come up and be, I think, a seven-time shot put champion at SMU, of course, football, and then go and win a medal at the Games and a Super Bowl in the same year? What did that do for you as a person to inspire you to be who you are? You know, the funny thing, the older I get, the more I can appreciate what he did that year in 1984, because not only in 1984 did he did the Super Bowl and the Olympics, he actually married my mom, graduated from college, finished his college season, made mm. the Olympics, went to the Olympic trials, made the Olympic team, went to the Olympics, had to go home, pack, go to training camp, <laughs> wow. and, and then play a whole season. And then on top of that, he made the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl that year. Like, who does that? Yeah. Who does that? And the older I get, the more I can understand the work and the dedication that he had to do to get there. It's crazy. But, you know, but at the same time, he was like 20 something years old. You can do that when you're 20. Right. <laughs> exactly. But when you get a little older, it's a little different. But, and then having him as my coach is, is a totally different situation too, because he's my dad first. That's yeah. what I know him as. And all this stuff happened like, his whole track career happened the year before I was born. I was born with my dad playing football. So I knew that he went to work and he played football from time to time. He came back home. That's what I really knew growing up. I didn't really think about all yeah. the other things that people think about when you have a dad who plays a professional sport, let alone football. He was just my dad. So, but as I get older, I can appreciate the things that he did accomplish. And so every now and again, I'll just, in the middle of practice, I have these random questions that I ask. And he was like, where did that come from? And I'm like, oh, I'm just thinking, like trying to get through the process of how you came from here to here. What was your process? And when you went strictly football mm -hmm. and then for a minute at that time, track and field was considered amateur and you could not participate in a paid professional sport and track and field. So that's why he had to cut his track and field career short. But then he tried to make a semi comeback in 1987 when they actually professionalized track and field. But he was like, football took a big toll in his body and he just couldn't do it. I wondered if I would have known really what he accomplished in track and field earlier when I first started. It didn't really click for me until I got older. Incredible. Courtney, as now a member of the family, you know, with uh, her dad having such deep experience in football, you played at Lehigh, right? Yes, yes um, I did. And so how much conversation you guys have about football and, and about the schematics of the game and competition and, and weight training, all that stuff that sort of connects you two together with football. Yeah, we do have conversations. We talk about schemes. He tells me, you know, his stories of in the trenches of training, being a freshman starting, you know, at SMU. And it's really fun to have that connection with my father-in-law and be able to talk about, you know, compare our workouts and what we went through in the early morning workouts and seeing how he was able to go to that next level and hear, you know, the different stories. So, it's been really great, you know, compared to his generation, my generation. And we talk about the current, you know, generation that is coming up playing sports now. We have a quite a bit of conversation. Now, I'm sure Kyle wants to ask you some questions here about Madden, but I wonder, do you and your father-in-law play Madden together right now? Do you guys do that? 
No, we don't. No. <laughs> That's the generational split right there. Huh? It is. You would never think what my dad's favorite video game is. And they don't even what make is it, it anymore. No. <laughs> Tiger Woods, the golf game. Oh. <laughs> he loved that game. Like he he used to play that game like crazy. He loves that one. <laughs> he still talk about it. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to get, you know the folks from that generation sometimes to pick up the joystick and, and learn it <laughs> all yeah, these yeah. all those buttons well he yeah, said I've been he asking. still played the regular nintendo <laughs> he plays regular nintendo <laughs> no yeah. he said he could he said he could he do could. that he don't want the new one he want the old one he don't one. want the new one yeah. yeah kyle do you play madden yeah i've you know i've been a huge football fan for most of my life and i've been playing madden on and off pretty much since probably high school or so so I've been a huge Madden fan for a long time. And I was going to ask you, so Courtney, for you, how, how long have you been playing Madden? I've been playing Madden really since about when I was in college, 2003. Because before I used to play a lot of NCAA football. That was the, the primary mm-hmm. go-to. And then when we got in college, it was a mixture of Madden and NCAA. And then when that game went away, it was just strictly Madden from there. So there were some years where I would play consistently and then there would be times where I would go, you know, two to three years without picking up a gaming system and then I would get back on it. So now I'm at the point where I'm back on it. <laughs> so Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm about to get in tr- I'm about to get in trouble here. Courtney, how, how often are you on that game right now? Uh, so <laughs> look at Michelle. Look at Michelle. <laughs> there are moments where I will go months without touching the game, and then there are breaks where I will play the game day in, day out. Especially if I'm not traveling, I will play from sun up to sundown. Sometimes I'll play a full season, you know, with the go for glory to win a Super Bowl, go through everything. Sometimes I'll play multiple seasons in a matter of days, like from the preseason all the way through the Super Bowl. So there's been times where, you know, late at night, 3, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., I'm oh, still playing the game. Playing. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I like how Michelle's like he, shaking her head. Yeah, yeah. He goes on like these benders. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, he had, don't have to touch it for months, but then when he touches it, it's like for a week or two weeks straight, he's up all day, all night playing. And he was like, and I'm, I'm like, can we watch a movie or something? He's like, well, I'm in, a, in the playoffs right now. I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl. I got two more games. I'm like, never mind. I'm going upstairs. Absolutely. Hey, I, I get it. I you get understand. it. Bro. It happens. Oh, man. I think that would be me on like Flight Aware. I'm waiting for the new edition of Flight Aware to come out because I love aviation. I think if I hadn't been in TV, a lot of people don't know. One of my early jobs in high school and college was at an amusement park in Cincinnati, Kings Island. And mm-hmm. I loved the amusement park industry, loved it. And then I was always into aviation. So I love playing the aviation games and then sports, track and field and the TV. And that's what happens. But if I wasn't doing this, I think I might have been a pilot. So I'm waiting for the new flight simulator game to come out. What's it called, Kyle? Flight I simulator. Flight Simulator, yeah. I think that'll be me, Courtney. I'll be on that thing. And my wife will be like, would you please put that game down and come on in? We have to eat. I can't wait. You had a game like that back in the day, though, right? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember yeah, I've had I've had one that I played before, like on my phone or what have you. But I want to see this new one come out so I can fly the 747, which sadly is being retired. The Jumbo uh-huh. Jets being retired. Y'all hear yes. about that? Yes. Yeah. I'm so sad about that. Courtney, when you're playing, are you playing by yourself or are you playing with other people locally across the country? Do you ever connect with anybody on the games around the world? Because, you know, esports is really going global. And that's really what Map Esports is all about, is connecting people around the world as well as in the communities. 
several years ago, I used to connect online and play with friends or just play with random individuals, you know, through the internet on, on the game. And that was really fun. It was really competitive. And that's when I was more serious about playing Madden on a regular basis. But since I've picked the game up within the past year or two, I just played by myself, simulating with the computer and just gradually going from, you know, all pro to Madden to all Madden, working through those levels before I decide to get back out there and play different people <laughs> on the Internet. <laughs> Lewis, he's training right now. He's right, training. right. Because I asked but, him, I said, you want to play other people? He said, no, I have a process. He said, I have to graduate through these levels first before mm. I can play other people. I'm like, OK, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, but, but now the big question is what are you training for are you training just for madden or are you trying to keep your mind and your skills sharp with offense defense you know scheming coaching i mean you know what what's going on here with this connection look, look. <laughs> <laughs> we've had this conversation i actually like playing the game because i do get to stay in tune with the with the game through strategy you know i, mm-hmm. I played defensive back in college i played free safety um, then after grad school, a while in grad school, I started coaching on a semi-pro team and I worked my way up from assistant DBs coach all the way to defensive coordinator. So I was coaching right. semi-pro for about five years and I love the game. So I've had conversations with Michelle, you know, when it's time to stop traveling as much, you know, I would love to get some more coaching, especially here in Texas. You know, I have a brother who's a high school football coach and, you know, going to his games and I love it. Just seeing the strategy, looking at the schemes, the blitz packages. So when I play Madden, I'm trying the different blitzes and the schemes and the adjustments and audibles, you know, so I'm, I'm still in tune. Based on Michelle's reaction, y'all have some more conversations about to have about yeah. that, I guess. Huh? <laughs> I'm not ready to give up my Friday nights like that just yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. And, and no. Michelle, you have more to do, I'm assuming, in track and field. This shutdown with the pandemic and all the other things that have been going on, I'm assuming that your goal was to be in Tokyo to well to, for the trials, for the U.S. trials to compete again, to try and make the team one more time? Yes, that was the goal. But of course, COVID has come and changed a lot of plans. But part of me is okay with it, just simply because safety first. I don't think that we should risk people's lives for the sake of competition. So I'm not that disappointed that the games are gone. But my heart does go out for those who are just trying to make their first Olympic team and they have their momentum going. That's a real situation. And I understand, like, you want the momentum. You've been running well. You want to keep running well, improving your times or throwing well. And then all of a sudden things come to a halt and everything has come to a hard stop for us. But I do look at it. Everything happens for a reason. And you try to make the best out of every situation, even Mm -hmm. though the situation isn't ideal. But there's so many things that we can learn and we actually get a chance to kind of have a little bit of a normal life. I don't get to spend as much time at home. We found out we have baby birds that are on our patio every year and we didn't know (laughs) because I'm never here. And so it's like these little things I've been enjoying this actually being here all this time. Get to enjoy my house and my husband. Like I see him more than I've ever seen him. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been good. That's great. You know, every now and then, I don't know if you do this. I look at my luggage. I have like luggage everywhere and it's, you know, all empty and no tags on it from, you know, taking them out the door. Status is gone. Yeah. Status is gone. No airline That's the heartbreaking part. There that you go. The so you're just like me. You're just like me. We fly American because we're in Dallas, right? We want to yeah. be executive platinum and 
I don't know if you've ever heard of Concierge Key. I was that for like a couple of years, and I, then really? I, and somehow oh, I, I lost that. Get there. Yeah, that oh right. my goodness, we're gonna scheme on that when we get back to work. Okay, okay, that's okay. for sure. Kyle, what are you hearing about the way that people are connecting with esports in the middle of this pandemic? Is there any interesting information about that? Because we know that esports is growing globally, really exponentially. But do we think the numbers are ticking up because people are in this shutdown and lockdown and, and are they playing more together online? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with more people being at home and just with a lot more spare time than they've ever had, you know, a lot of folks are thinking like, okay, what can I do to fill the void? And a lot of folks, they've been gaming more just because they've had time and they've time to go back. Maybe they grew up and took a break and came back into it. So yeah, you definitely are seeing a lot more people playing more. And like we talked about before, you know, with just being able to take tournaments and events online and play online. That's one advantage that esports does have over traditional sports where, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really play a, you know, throw a shot put online or play basketball online. It, it's got to be in person. So that is one area where esports has really, you know, taken off for sure. More and more people are definitely gaming, you know, and hey, with that new Madden coming out, you know, here in a few weeks in the next month, <laughs> you know, I'm sure Courtney, you know, he's, he's going to be right yeah. there you know, <laughs> look at Michelle trying not to smile. <laughs> <laughs> I've already so, looked at it. <laughs> yeah. You've already looked at it. Right, right. So you're waiting on that. I'm waiting on the new flight simulator. Michelle, the sport of track and field is such a weird thing. It, it, it is like at the pinnacle every four years, right? Yes. It's uh, swimming, gymnastics, and then it's us. They turn, the, turn it over to us and yes. we take it from there to the end of the games. But then it kind of falls off the cliff. If you could design an esports game that was track and field related, what are some of the things that you would design into that game and, and what would be important to you for people to be able to play and learn about the sports? Yes, I think people would actually like to see and play their favorite people in the sports. Like maybe I'm going to just throw that out there. So if this idea happens, y'all come back. I'll let your girl give me some credit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like Let's do it like a Legends game. Mm-hmm. where you get to play all the greats in track and field. Because in football, you can play the other players that are playing. You could pick past players. I don't know how it works today. But it, it, you could pick your favorite American player or maybe a, mm-hmm. uh, some other players. And I think that actually would be really cool. And I think, of course, as you figure out how they do the buttons or anything, how to make the like the players scream or celebrate at the end. Like there's mm-hmm. like a special code to get a special reaction at the end of a throw or end of a jump or after the um, the race. I think that would actually be cool because then that's what something you see in track and field that you don't see in the game. You don't get to pick yep. your people and there's no reaction for a world record or a good time or being your biggest competitor in that moment. I think that would be fun and kind of adds a little more excitement to the game. I love that. So legends, so for instance, like in the 100 meters, you might have, you might be able to choose like Carl Lewis, uh, Calvin Smith, Donovan Bailey, the great sprinter from Canada, people like that, yeah. Usain Bolt, put all these yeah. guys or do it with the ladies, right? Shelly yeah. Ann, Fraser Price, uh, whoever it may be, Carmelita Jetter, yeah. put all these ladies in a race together. And then, of course, we can't forget about the uh, field events. So we can rematch you and, and Valerie Adams, right? Yes. In the shot put. <laughs> And Valerie, when covering the NBA, her brother, Stephen Adams, is an NBA player. He's a huge guy like Valerie is, but really, really, yeah, exactly. Great dude. Really, really nice guy. And I've talked to him in the past about his sister being a shot putter, but we could rematch you guys. How about that? 
And then, I think that'll uh, be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you yeah. get to recreate these moments that you only get to see every four years. But if you're really a big track fan, you get to see it at yeah. World Championships too. But I think that will also bring people to the sport, connect to the sport in a different way, and get to play it more than they get to do it in real life. Right. Now you bring up something else that's really important to all of us here at Mappy Sports Network. CEO of Jacob Miles, one of the most important things for him is going to be our connection to the community and uh, how we are not just uh, uh, bringing kids the ability to be able to play maybe in particular locations, but then how do you learn about creating games? Like you're talking about creating a game. How do you learn about creating the game? How do you learn about bringing it about? How do you do something like what Kyle is doing in terms of sales? But sales based on his background and love and passion for esports. So the desire here and the intent is uh, one of the most important things is to be able to get in the community and show kids the entire avenue of esports because gaming is exploding. Kyle, you might tell them quickly about your story of having a completely different career and then going to get yourself a certificate or it was a degree, I'm not sure, in esports management and then moving into the industry full time. That's the kind of stuff we want to empower people to do. Tell them about that, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, for for me, you know, I had a background with, you know, worked with a in the fundraising industry for eight and a half years, and you know, was kind of at a crossroads where we just wanted to figure out, okay, what's my next move, and just kind of dug deep to kind of figure out what it is that I love to do, and you know, kind of like you guys with sports, um, gaming has always been a huge passion of mine, so just kind of wanted to figure out what can I do that? Okay. What am I good at? What is it that I love to do and how can I combine that? And so that's definitely something that I've definitely focused on the last couple of years and, you know, definitely something that I know a lot of other listeners and folks like that can relate to. Yeah. 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 I think that'd be really cool to be able to, again, show the younger people now that there are really avenues that you can either get an education in it and then learn about all of it, the engineering side, all that kind of stuff. And I think, Michelle, you guys and Courtney would be great to be able to kind of be ambassadors in a way to connect with the community because you already do those types of things. And esports can be more than just sitting at home and playing. It can be also yeah. constructing, creating a game and then being able to bring it to life. Sounds fun. That would be awesome. Yeah. No, I think because technology is just a whole beast on its own. and kids today are getting introduced to it so early. Like we didn't have technology like this growing up. Mm -hmm. Like I still remember um, you have to go to the phone and that wasn't even wireless phones when I was a child. <laughs> but now you have the whole world in your hand. And to teach the kids the back end and what all is part of that kind of just spans their world and what they could possibly do because they would never know that what might interest them. Cause I just have a friend recently, it doesn't have to do with gaming, but she's in sports, she's older, but then she realized she loves the back end on how Zoom works. Mm -hmm. And so she's been doing all these specialized Zoom class and figuring out how to make it work, how to make it better. And she was like, oh, I love this part of it. She's like, I can't stand doing a presentation or talking on it. She said, but I love figuring out how it works. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I know that both of you guys have really a uh, heart for people and, and community relations. And, and Kyle, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sorry, Courtney, your master's at West Virginia was in uh, community counseling and psychotherapy. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So you guys have a, a, a love for people. And, and Michelle, we need, we need to tell everybody here about your nonprofit work, which I'm sure Courtney has been a great support in, but your nonprofit work, One Golden Shot, Yes. Which encompasses you throw girl fuel up and then uh, your efforts to try and help young ladies get proper sports bras for competition. 
I mean, all those are unbelievable. But just let's let's start with the You Throw Girl, because I know you have a camp coming up soon. And, and tell everybody what this fourth edition of the camp is like and what you're trying to do for young ladies. Yeah. So You Throw Girl Sports Confidence Camp is a camp for young female athletes. And we want them to have the confidence to be great on and off the field. For me, I think a lot of sports camps are just focus on sports where you're just practicing and practicing and practicing all day long. And, you know, it's a bit much. And sometimes these kids can't handle all that because especially where they come from, they may not have the training or the strength to just sit there and do that all day long. But at You Throw Girl, I know for a camp that if I wanted to attend growing up, I wanted to do multiple things in the camp. Let's work on different areas. So we talk about goal setting. We talk about taking care of yourself as a female athlete. We have girl talk where they come and they can talk and ask all the questions that they might be scared to talk to others about. And we try to give them that support. We also have what I call the Shot Diva Workshop and where I talk about taking care of your hair and age-appropriate makeup and how to take care of yourself if that's what you want to do. And then, of course, we get into the workout and taking care of your body as an athlete. But female athletes are more than just athletes. They're young women. And I want to cater to both sides of them. So when they walk out into that world, no matter what happens to them in sports, no matter what happens to them in their lives, they're prepared because we have built their confidence in who they are as an individual. And they can go out there and conquer anything in life. That is so awesome. If I had a daughter, I'd want her to be in that camp because of just what you said right there. It's incredible. And the other element, which I thought was so incredible that you told me about is that you also have an opportunity for parents of these young ladies to then have a question and answer period with your parents. Yes. How Explain that. So when they sign up for the camp, of course, we have the athletes doing what they do. But I like to offer a free parent workshop because parents need that support, too. So they have a chance to talk to myself, my parents and my sister. And sometimes I have a couple of other people come on because my sister is a coach. And so she understands the coaching side, of, you know, from the school side. And we want to give the parents the right tools to help best support their athletes. Because sometimes you have a first-generation athlete where the parents never play sports and the parents don't know what to do. They, they just have no clue. So we try to give the parents good tips, great tips to support their athletes, build their confidence up so they can go out there and be their best on the field. That's awesome. And I believe you said this will be your fourth year of doing that. And yeah. because of COVID-19, you'll have to do it virtually, but still you're expecting a big group of young ladies to do that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay. And then fuel up. And so this is a, a chance for to raise money to help kids who are going to track meets have a meal. Yes. So one thing I realized that when these kids are going to these track meets, and if you've ever been to a track meet, sometimes you can be there for hours on top of hours on top of hours. And these kids are there all day and the school doesn't have enough money to provide them meals. And they're out there and they're hungry and they're competing hungry. They don't have the energy, the proper energy that they need. So one thing that I want to do is help provide them meals as they're on their competition day, because we know nutrition is very important to have, especially on the day of competition. So I don't want, I want to make sure they have the snacks, the hydration they need, then that they can go out there and perform. Cause there's one thing performing hungry. I know when I go to practice hungry, I'm not having the best practice, <laughs> but when I am fueled and I have the nutrition that I need, you could take it up to another level. So there's so many kids who are at a disadvantage, not being able to have that support just by having some snacks and the meal there for them. 
That is awesome. That is important. So that's fuel up. And then finally, a very sensitive element here for the young women, and that is being able to have proper undergarments. How are you approaching that? And have you talked to any companies to try and get them to partner up with you on this? I haven't approached any companies yet because this was the newest one that I'm starting because this one is special to me because I get a lot of parents who will contact me and ask me, like, what kind of sports bras can I get for my daughter? Like, where can I find them? And I'm answering this question all the time. I sometimes get an abundance of sports bras and I find girls that who need them and I give them away. So I decided, let me go ahead and start this under my nonprofit because there's one thing having the proper undergarments to help yourself feel supported, it's a confidence booster for young ladies. I remember growing up in sports and not having, or not I had it, but I didn't always pack it. <laughs> so going yeah. to practice with the wrong bra is, you it changes everything. You run differently. You're more self-conscious. But when you have the right things, you don't have to worry about what you look like, what you feel like. You feel great. You feel confident. And they can go out there. And I see this time and time again when I go see young girls compete and they don't have the proper stuff. And sometimes they just don't know. No one's told them or they can't afford it. So therefore, I want to start this program to educate young women on making sure they have the proper horse bras and also to help build their confidence and provide for those who do not have it. Yeah. And Courtney, for you with your love of sports, it may be football, but if you love sports, you love people and you've actually taken part of your life to get an education, these types of things. How do you try to assist Michelle with uh, with these programs that she's doing to, to help these young athletes become better? I just support her in the ways that I can. Um, I remember with the first camp. I got her to let me be the the host. So I was the MC for the day, you know, introducing there you everyone, go. getting everywhere warmed up. So it was a great experience because I was able to bring some of my counseling and therapeutic background into the camp and start off the day with positive affirmations and confidence building, you know, for the girls and being able to connect with their parents and really just build those relationships and boost their confidence throughout those days. So it's been really great to bring my professional skill set to what she's doing and help elevate her in her camps. So it's it's been fun for me. It's funny because the girls actually love his part. The girls who came the year that he did it, the first one, the next year, they was like, is Mr. Courtney coming back? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is girl power, you guys. (laughs) But they love it. So now if Courtney comes over and helps you with that, isn't it about time you start helping him with Madden that you get you become a part of those gaming hours when he's doing that? You know, I come and I support sometimes. I watch a game or two, you know. I try to play the game. The controls just doesn't make sense in my head just yet. But I tell him, I'm like, oh, no, you should have picked the other play. Every now and again, I'm like, okay, pick that one. He's like, why pick that one? I'm like, I don't know. It looks good to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Well, we can't. What's that? I say she comes in down, you know, comes down sometimes. And she's trying to play, but she couldn't get the buttons. I got you. Well, we can't finish this up without the final question. And Michelle, I've always known you as Michelle Carter, of course, but as the Shot Diva. So we have to know, where did the nickname Shot Diva come from? Yeah, so Shot Diva started in college. (laughs) There was a song out and there was a part where all the track girls used to say track diva. And I'm like, I can't say track diva. Now, keep in Mm -hmm. mind, at the University of Texas, I was the only thrower on the team. And I'm like, okay, y'all, y'all can have that, but I need my own. So I came up with shot diva. 
And it just stuck. And then next thing you know, Facebook came out, then later on Instagram. And so I'm like, oh, well, that's the perfect handle. <laughs> like, you're going to know it's me. <laughs> and then it just kind of just grew from there. And people started really calling me Shot Diva. And it was just something like, okay, they had theirs. Like, I need something for me. And then I just kind of embraced it. But for me, Shot Diva is who I am when I step on that field. Because I feel like I'm not the average athlete. I don't really look like the average athlete. And one thing that I do different, especially for my event, I wear makeup. I make sure my hair is done, my nails is done. And I've been like that since I started mm-hmm. sports. That's a part of me. And this Shot Diva is brings in both sides of me. I'm the athlete. But then I'm also that diva who likes to look good, feel good when I go out there. That's awesome. And you do them both with great class and dignity, Michelle. It is really great to see you and Courtney to have this conversation. I can tell you guys are having fun, whether it's Madden or whether it's Shot Diva stuff or it's uh, (laughs) whatever it is. Kyle, once again, our goal, guys, is going to be to get Kyle at the Olympics so he can really understand this whole world as I continue to learn more about the esports world from him. Yeah. So, but for the moment, I want to have a real world champion. Experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, and I'm going to predict, I'm predicting esports big in Paris, 24. How about that? Okay. That, that's my that's, prediction. That's good. Yeah. That's, it's already at the X Games. So, I mean, hey, Olympics is next. There you go. There Let's you go. do it. Well, for the moment, I want to just thank both of you guys for being here today. And we've just had a great conversation, lots of fun. I hope everybody can see what it's like to delve into the world of an Olympic champion and her husband, who also has his great credentials and and a spirit for sports and people. But you guys are awesome. Looking forward to hearing how everything works out with the camp. And we want to partner with you if we can, Michelle. When you're ready to design that track and field game, you come to Map Esports, okay? And I, we'll work on that you. together. You got it? <laughs> I got and it. And Courtney's involved as well. Kyle, thanks so much, man. Great stuff from you as well. And we hope that you guys have enjoyed this. And of course, come back soon for more editions of All In With Esports. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to All In With Esports. Please remember to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel. And we would love to hear from you about this or other shows on the Esports Future Eye Network. 